This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Hello and welcome to Reporters Without Orders, a podcast where we talk about what made news, what didn't, and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. I'm your host, Snigdha. And today is a very special episode of Reporters Without Orders because we have two journalists from the Northeast with us. And uh, since we've seen a section of mainstream media conveniently ignore the region, especially in the middle of a pandemic, we thought it's very important to know what's going on there. So to enlighten us today, we have Makepeace Sitlow, who is an independent journalist based out of Guwahati, Assam. And she covers the Northeast region for national and international publications. And we also have Rikinti Marvin. She is the editor of Highland Post, a newspaper that is published out of Shillong in Meghalaya. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining us today. How have you been doing? Hi, hi. It's a pleasure to join. We've been, I mean, I've been okay, just about uh, managing. Okay. And Ri, how are hi. you doing? I'm good, Sigda. <laughs> all right. So before we begin the podcast, I want to tell all the new listeners about News Laundry. We are a 100% ad-free news platform and we need your support to stay afloat. So please subscribe to us and pay to keep news free. You can go to the website www.newslaundry.com and click on the subscribe button on the top right corner of the website. Thank you. So, uh, shall we begin with some bizarre news stories? Sure, but I think like, um, you know, how do you, how do you even rank them? Like that's my <laughs> because like it's really like one bizarro after another, you know, as you go along. So maybe, maybe take the most bizarre one first. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I, I honestly think so a lot of my like sort of attention has been around what's happening, like, you know, what's dominating, like, the news headlines nationally. So, I guess, like, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, as if it wasn't bad enough that uh, <laughs> the migrant crisis is going on. And, you know, you, I mean, I especially have been following, like, Barkha's reports a lot. And, you know, the fact that she's been going and taking all these highways and, you know, speaking right. to migrants walking back home, like, children carrying, like, these, you know, heavy loads and stuff. I mean, that is really heart-wrenching enough. And, you know, the things that happen one is of course the the railway patri accident right i mean that's just bizarre yeah. like to me it was really really bizarre and like just like surreal yeah. at level and uh, the two gas leaks uh, in the middle yeah. of oh the God. pandemic right and perhaps if i had to add to me the more bizarre yeah. thing i i actually really thought that you know, these two gas leaks uh, would get at least a week's attention in the news yeah. cycle it disappeared in like two days true 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 yeah we're not hearing anything about it now. And people also have forgotten. Nobody's asking also, I think. Yeah, I mean, barring a few, like I'm checking like Newsmail, some of these regional publications, Express has right. been put out today, you know, on the FIR that was lost, which is mm-hmm. like bizarre enough. They're calling it like this smoke, you know. Yeah, like, but, the, but the factory owners, they got a clean chit, huh? Exactly. Uh, exactly. From the government, yeah. What gets more, I mean, what gets more bizarre than that? You would think that maybe with all our history with Bhopal and other cases, you know, this would just be dealt with differently. But it seems as if the pandemic, uh, you know, under under that, uh, within that curtain, rather, I think everything can be sort of brushed under the rug. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, to me, that was probably the most bizarre, Mm. I suppose. All right. And what about you, Ree? Uh, for us, for <laughs> yeah. us, locally, I mean, in Meghalaya, uh-huh. you know, uh, I'll be talking about that later. Yeah, we've been, uh, we've, we've never had 
official letters coming from the government hmm. on uh, the patients all right so okay. what we do is we follow tweets we follow mm -hmm. facebook so right you know the the people there whenever uh, whenever the government goes live on facebook and talk to people yeah we see bizarre comments you know like <laughs> I mean, the, the chief minister is announcing about mm. a COVID patient. Then mm. you can see some people, they're commenting like, can you be my sugar daddy? And you have, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then you see one person commenting like, we are so happy that they are safe, but you know, they should stay positive. Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> these are the... <laughs> These are the kinds of, you know, comments that you get on social media and it's bizarre. <laughs> Actually, it is. Yeah, there, was, uh, there was a press conference that happened like, like yesterday or something. Hmm. And, uh, this was a, this, this is the health minister of Assam, Himanthi uh, Sarma also doing, I mean, he does his press conferences uh, quite regularly. Yeah. So, you know, it's very entertaining. I think like, you know, while you're listening, I mean, you know, I think suffice to say what the, government also provides in terms of information is really BS enough. So, I mean, it's just to distract yourself from like, you know, the actual BS, you'll, you, you should follow whatever goes on in the chat section, you know, on YouTube yes. and things like that. And it's hilarious, you know, like, it is. It is. Like, <laughs> like people are like marrowing lines and stuff. Like, you know, like this guy was asking yeah. girl that, you know, oh, are you female? Can we be friends or something like that? Oh, know? God. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're like, uh, you know, uh, making plans for dating and all in the comments. Yes. <laughs> that also happens. <laughs> yeah, that I think. Right. <laughs> so, quite bizarre. So, uh, my bizarre news is Donald Trump and his recent uh, press conference. Uh, so I don't know if you guys saw uh, the CBS uh, reporter. She's of uh, Asian origin, right? Uh -huh. uh, and uh, she was asking him questions. Uh, her name is Weija Jiang. And she, uh, so she was asking him questions about why he continues to claim wrongly, you know, that the US is performing better than other countries in terms of testing, you know, and she's like, uh, and he keeps bringing up China. She's like, why does that matter? You know? So why, what is this global competition every day? Because Americans are still losing their lives. So um, Trump is like, they're losing their lives everywhere in the world. And maybe you, that is a question you should ask China. Don't ask me. Mm -hmm. He specifically told that to her because, you know, she has Asian features, right? So, and she was, uh, she's a feisty one. So she was, uh, uh, she interrupted him and she's like, why are you saying that to me specifically? And he's like, no, I'm not saying it to anyone specifically. I'm just saying it to anybody who asks me a nasty question like that. How is that a nasty question? And then he just abruptly ended the uh, meeting. So yeah, that was quite bizarre. I mean, trust Trump to do that. But you know, at least he takes a press conference. I mean, I, <laughs> I really think like we're at such low bars as far as like press freedom or test like transparency goes with these governments so i mean i really don't mind even if he shows up with the swab and like <laughs> and all that you know i'm like at least he shows up like at true, least, true. You know, even if it is questions no matter like how bizarrely and stupidly and of course racially he might answer and respond like it's still better than like getting like this little triggering you know like warning eight o'clock hours you know there will be what yes and you don't know what's gonna happen like you know what That's, I mean? that, that that brings me to my next question what did you guys think of the last uh, i mean yesterday's address 
Um, yesterday, I, by our prime minister, it was quite all right compared mm -hmm. to the other uh, other address to the nation. <laughs> In you, what way? You know, you know, you go up and bang your plates. And, okay, hmm. <laughs> at least he didn't ask us to do I, anything bizarre I, like that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> at least he didn't ask us. At least he has something. But he made me count all the zeros. Okay, last thing. <laughs> I mean, come on, twenty lakh crore. I had to oh count the zeros, literally. <laughs> oh my god! And make peace. What about you? What did you think? I honestly zoned out because I mean it was just like I mean I think someone rightly put it like there was just a lot of like Hindi there was a lot of Sanskrit and there was just like mm. ah, exactly yes yes like, exactly cutting words as they call it you know and then which amounted to really nothing you know and of course things that needed to be addressed things that has really you know sort of uh, put the government in a very very like you know grim light. We're not uh -huh. so there, there's just like okay you know so I'm gonna uh, whatever I'm gonna like you know announce this relief package again like there is no like there's just zeros there are zeros that we're supposed to count and be grateful for but like uh -huh. what way will this be uh, you know how who would help you know how would it be dispensed I mean none of that uh, the process see the process is where we are all like sort of in the dark right now and that's uh -huh. where we shedding his light on and either should Hindi or should Sanskrit or should anything, you know. But just yeah. like talk about that, you know, in very sort of concrete terms. So I really zoned out. I was, I mean, most of us, we were like all like sort of, you know, talking to different like, you know, friend groups and journal groups and stuff like that. And yeah. like guessing games or something like that. Some of them doing their drinking short games perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of it, neither did it amount to like a task, a big boss kind of a task, nor did mm. it. Uh, <laughs> Uh -huh. So did it amount to like uh, him even for that matter just being uh, clear enough that you know listen uh, be prepared for like a fourth phase because it's clearly yes. coming but uh, no there is no like oh we will let you know before 18 so like how exactly is why is everything at the last moment I don't understand and also yeah I mean uh, that uh, that was a major issue I don't know why first of all okay you speak in Hindi that's your language you know that's fine but at least with subtitles or have a translator or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's it's, true. It's yes, yes. a huge issue that, I mean, um, it's surprising. Anyway, so let's get to uh, our conversation about your, the ground reports you guys have been doing and what's going on. So my first question to both of you is, um, what do you think are some of the, uh, some of the issues faced by people that are intrinsic to the Northeast? which are not uh, the same in other parts of the country. Oh, okay. That's, uh, I mean, you mean, you do mean like in the context of, of the pandemic. Yes. Right, yes. Right, right. yes. I mean, I, I think it's, it, it is, there is this gap in information certainly and it you know it also any with that gap information you see like even in the heart of like you know sort of uh, metropolitan cities which are like you know these huge red containment zones and things like mm -hmm. that. But, I mean, here, because of like the sheer lack of numbers in a lot of places, mm. uh, there's just everything is so speculative, you know, so people are also then very lost and confused. Honestly, like, even as reporters, it has been very difficult to kind of uh, follow back from fiction, but also to really understand what is the government strategy and or even just the protocol that they're following. 
So yeah. we are having to sit and like you know like kind of almost decipher it. It's like it's some sort of a Da Vinci code. It, yes, yes. It shouldn't be that way. You know? But I mean, yeah. if I want to just like kind of talk about like uh, you know what has been like what I also kind of covered in my. Uh, in my last report for India Spain, where I looked at just the numbers and the data for a change, mm-hmm. yes. which is very, um, I would say personally, like quite a huge shift for me because I mostly tend to do uh, very ground reportage, but because of the pandemic and everything, uh, and I'll talk to you maybe a little later about some of my own sort of, you know, uh, let's say uh, debates <laughs> within my own mind about going out and reporting. Sure, so I, sure. I've been restricted to like, you know, sort of working from home and making all my calls, etc. But this particular story, I thought it was important to just bring out the numbers only just because, you know, the underlying health infrastructure in the region is uh, generally like absent if not broken if not inefficient you know right and, uh, i just found that like uh at least the national reporters who are out here i think there are like dailies like highland post and others in you know select states who are doing like a good job of actually like you know uh bringing out some important like you know sort of uh truth serums if you can call it you know mm-hmm. i mean basically hard realities about uh, you know our broken infrastructure but uh, overall like national reporters based here have not really been uh, i wouldn't i would say they're not been really doing the most uh, uh, terrific job of like you know uh, bringing out either pressing uh, you know government officials on mm-hmm giving those details and bringing them out or just asking those tough questions so i i felt like it was just like it would be like a sobering reality to just bring out you know what has been like you know uh, what is the status of our infrastructure i mean i haven't i the the, the article was honestly like really voluminous enough to like yeah <laughs> you know everything from just how many icu beds we have and you know what is the what is like the number of testing that has been done and things like that right. you know? one really needs to also now actually go into like testing protocols and strategy and what is like i mean in the sense overall not like day to day as it's been kind of changing and evolving like i said it's been difficult for reporters to keep uh, keep up pace with it you know right uh, so yeah i mean that that sort of like i i uh, you know suspected as well as uh, a lot of that suspicion came to uh, you know also confirmation when i spoke to like you know experts as well as uh, health workers officials uh, you know from different states i mean following up on eight states and all of them on call was yeah. not the most pleasant of experiences especially when you're so used to and you prefer like meeting on the ground or meeting right uh, yeah i mean uh, i found your report really good i mean it was uh, everybody should uh, read this report by make peace it's on indiaspan.com and it's titled with low covid 19 numbers northeastern states not doing uh, not doing enough to test and prepare right mm-hmm. um, yes. yeah so uh, re do you have anything yeah. to add to this yeah um, i i agree with peace uh, when she says that we have very limited information then we tend to speculate uh, right now here in meghalaya you know when the first uh, uh, covid patient was uh, was detected so we just came to know that he is a doctor and then at night at night they say that uh, the doctor is stable and is doing well and the next morning he passed away all right see the, the, the preparation level of the government here is is was very i mean very low 
because what happened after the doctor passed away, there was no protocol on how to bury the dead body because that was the time when the people protested when it was about to be cremated in mm. uh, some locality here. So the people came out in huge numbers mm. and they protested that. Right. That itself says a lot. What has the government done all the time? Oh, they, have set up, they have set up uh, testing centers. Right, fine. But the, the testing centers are so limited. You know, they have to send to Assam. Right, so how many, how many testing centers are there in Meghalaya right now? Right now we have only Shillong Civil Hospital and Negrims. And so Negrims do the, yes, and it was just upgraded to 90 tests just recently. Recent, from 90, wow. it was raised. So the level of testing, just like what Mekti says, we we just have to take a look at that you know actually rikenti i just want to ask you because uh, i i when was the shillong civil hospital also set up uh, you know for testing because i am not uh, i wasn't aware of that and the last that i was told was that the uh, total capacity in the state was 99 i, I don't know why 99 but yes. uh, no 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 civil hospital is the corona care center Correct, yeah, correct. Correct, yes. Was the Corona Care Center. Then Negrims is the only testing center. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What are the, what is the general reaction of the people, I mean, uh, to the pandemic and uh, how strict are the lockdown rules and uh, are people following it? See, in in Meghalaya, the, when the lockdown was imposed, uh, there was, uh, they, the people didn't follow. All right, so soon after uh, the first COVID patient was detected, that was when everyone was like scared, you know? <laughs> yeah. So after, then after that, we had the, uh, because the, uh, uh, after the protest there in a locality, social distancing was totally broken. So then, but somehow the police have managed to but there are, uh, you know, the Dorbar Shnong we have here, the headmen, right, hmm. in different hmm. localities. Hmm. So these are the people who have been able to, you know, to contain the residents of the particular uh, locality because we can see them uh, doing patrolling duties, helping the police out. So uh, right. lockdown has been... Uh, it enforced here in Meghalaya. Okay, so yeah, yeah, that brings me to my question for you, uh, Ri, that mm -hmm. uh, you know, since uh, Meghalaya has an autonomous uh, tribal system, right, which is followed, mm -hmm. and yes, the headman yes. is the guy in command. So, mm -hmm. uh, so they are helping. Basically, they are yes. helping the government and the police to carry out the. Uh -huh. Okay, and uh, in what other ways can you? I mean, can you give any other examples of how they're dealing with this? in their own villages uh in you know in in different uh, localities in the different villages they have been able to you know you they've been able to set up uh, uh, some dorbas have been able to set up quarantine center now we have two quarantine center in the state being set up by these dorbas so these stranded people who comes from outside the state they can be quarantined there because the government you know they have been uh, asking people to go for home quarantine. Ooh. So how much can, uh, you know, how much can you just, you can check on that. Because yeah, you and also putting families at risk in a way. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So we, in the state right now, we have only two Dorbashnaus who have set up quarantine centers. 
uh, one is in Southwest Kashi Hills and the other is in East Kashi Hills. So the people who are coming back from other states, they can huh. directly go to those uh, quarantine centers. So in a way, the Dorbash now has helped, you know, right, a lot. Right. And um, so, uh, you know, I was, I was reading a report uh, where, uh, you know, the reporter, he was basically talking about how the numbers of COVID, COVID numbers are so low in the Northeast. And, mm. you know, he was basically listing out the multiple region, uh, reasons for it. And one of them was cooperation between different tribes. So he gave an example of how in Manipur, in, uh, from, because, you know, in the hills, people grow their own food and their vegetables, right? So when they came mm. to know in Kangpopi, I think, when people came to know that in the plains villages are suffering uh, due to shortage of vegetables, they actually sent it across to them. So um, how, how, I mean, uh, how good is the cooperation between different tribes, you know? And this is like a general question I'm asking across the Northeast of any instances that you guys know of. I mean, um, I think that it, it really varies. It's it's hard to kind of make a very uh, generalized statement, you know, hmm. about this uh, because really, like, it is a very diverse society, you know, and then hmm. with every uh, really with every district, forget any every state, there are the, the politics is also very very variant, right? Uh, hmm. So it's really like I mean, let's say like uh, you know Mizoram has been sort of cited as like this role model now Mizoram the way that the, the way that the Mizoram society functions is so vastly different from the way that the Khasi society let's say I mean as an example would function so it's not as like you know uh, like uh, distancing and things like that or for that matter like lockdown measures are so differently enforced in a place like Aizol as it would be compared to a place like Shillong and I mean in Gohat where I'm saying is entirely different what is that? Okay, I mean, yeah. pretty much like a you know metropolitan city. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, you know, it's, it can be more easily comparable to let's say any other like you know Calcutta or any other, for that matter Delhi in the sense when you when you sort of you know see that in the backdrop of uh, these other towns which have like a a more of let's this sort of a tribal kind of a society uh, you know mechanism in place. So it's hard to say. Yes, that example is relevant, and I mean you know uh, I at least haven't until so far uh, come across uh, many any really major strikes huh. yet at the same time while I'm speaking of like Mizos being you know I mean and they, it's, it's true they are extremely self-disciplined and you know the, the whole uh, sort of function they, that they have there you know with the whole uh, the civil society and church I mean the way the way they work in tandem mm. uh, it's quite, it's quite, it's quite amazing, right? But things also go, uh, things also function in a very unquestioned manner. So you know, like uh, they have their deputed uh, sort of like watch guard, something like that, you know, for every like what they've got, like the Young Mizo Association, which is like the biggest uh, civil society body. Yeah. They have their little watch bodies in every bang or locality, as they call it, you know. So. Uh, Thing people are like people obey without question. People are actually fearful of them more than they would be fearful of like they of the police or for that oh. matter the government. You know, okay. things. I mean, like uh, the idea of authority works so differently in different parts of the northeast. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the same. Uh, even in like yes. I, to the extent that I know, I think maybe Rikinti might differ with me, but I don't think that kind of a fear of authority is as much there with a Dorbar Shnong. Or you know, you know, in, in Nicola. I haven't seen that. I mean, there is, of course, something there is, of course, some reverence, but 
not the same kind that you see in 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 uh, in Mizoram. Uh, however, though in the midst of this pandemic, there uh, there certain you know sort of um, let's say fault lines have not entirely disappeared. Like there's there's been clashes that have uh, reportedly I would say of course because I haven't been able to confirm anything on my own, but reportedly there have been clashes that have broken out between you know the Bruce uh, and the and the Misos in the you know Tripura and uh, Mizoram border. So I mean now that's like a long-standing fight, right? So I mean, things have happened even just before the the lockdown happened. There was a clash between, uh, you know, the Kukis and the Nagas in in Manipur as well. You know, which hard, largely went unreported. So things have have been happening. It's just that I think uh, this is again like something I keep sort of you know uh, reiterating. The problem also with the news media and. Uh, Again, the blame doesn't entirely lie with the news media, but with the public in general, like with mm. the mainland public, as we call it here, mm. that you you only want these like you know this kind of very sugary you know sweet stories from the north. Yeah, exactly. Oh, look at the way these guys do it! It's amazing. Like they're like some paragon or something of like uh, I don't know whatever like you yeah. know, immunity exactly. or like self discipline and you know whatever. Like it, it's like. One thing is to complain or talk about the lack of coverage, and the other thing, it doesn't make it better by just you know putting out these many good feel-good stories mm-hmm. at the cost of actually what needs to be reported. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that really. Uh, I mean, I think also because the law, there's a lot of majoritarianism at play over here. You know. Mm-hmm. So what you maybe you might have one majority community from the region saying that oh you know we don't get covered enough we don't get covered enough, but oh. then you know, often at the at the cost and uh, at uh, let's say you know a lot of other like minority communities uh, you know being trampled upon you know their rights or whatever welfare being trampled upon. So it's important to take a critical look at the region always while appreciating all the good stuff that also comes. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, that makes sense. Thank you and. Um, Ri, do you have anything to add to this? Uh, what about uh, what what about in Meghalaya? You know, uh, we have the Khasis and the Gentiles and the Garos. I mean, how is it working there? Yeah, I mean, the, you know, these traditional uh, tra- traditional Rabashnongyas. They hmm. have uh, uh, they have given a lend a hand to the government in uh, in this time. Hmm. But then you know, there are certain Rabashnongs. You know. Uh, recently, we carried a story mm. about uh, about a village, and there are about 250 of them there in yeah. a in a in a in a block in the international border. Right. So these people have they did not have these ration cards. Yes, yes, all, yes. Yeah. All of them are being uh, all of them are being categorized as BPL, and uh, for two years. They didn't have these ration cards. Now, isn't it the uh, the Dorbashnong who are responsible, you know, enough to, uh, I mean, to create an awareness, all right, or to help them out in getting yeah. these ration cards? Right. So it is under the lockdown hmm. that uh, that such reports came out. Yeah, uh, you mentioned in your report that the uh, that the headman, the Dorbashnong, he wrote to the BDO, the local BDO, right? But mm-hmm. even then, there was nothing. Nothing was there done. There was nothing. Yes, yeah. it was until we carried the report that, that the very next day, some huh. some NGOs had gone to give them food, and the legal service intervened. Right. So just about last year, we carried a report about thirty thousand 
ration cards not being distributed and now this has uh, this has come to light that yes there there are lapses in the department so such dorbashnongs you know and just recently to add to that hmm. uh, there are there are women uh, there are uh, women in a village this is in east kasinos itself they were complaining that they got uh, their free rice is supposed to be given to them 5 kgs mm-hmm. right and another 100 grams of dal right so the dorbash now what they do is they give them 4 kg um, of rice oh. and okay. 800 grams of dal so when they went and complained uh, the bdo there was quite emotional said you cannot uh, you you cannot part with that i mean you you can also give to the poor i mean huh. 1 kg that we cut yeah so so which means that you know you're stealing from the poor and you're giving from the poor then the people should have question why they don't have the ration cards i mean the quota comes from the center the quota of rice comes from the center so where is all this rice and other uh, groceries where, where, i mean where is it all going because uh, according to them they are distributing it to some other poor people <laughs> Oh, yeah that's wow. a whole thing that's that's huge. even in assam there was a similar case right make peace yeah i mean i'm, I'm not as uh, clued in with what's happening in assam please uh, huh. this particularly but i have been hearing a lot about this in manipur i mean largely because i mean you know i was since i was doing the story on all the arrests that happened a lot of it huh. was uh, you know were criticizing or highlighting the fact that people were not getting their uh, due ration and all of that right so there was a lot of like uh there were a lot of questions i would say not even criticisms around the pds and stuff and people were like uh, getting like little uh, you know they were getting visits by the police for uh, you know posting stuff on facebook or other social media platforms so uh yeah i mean which is why it kind of became like a you know a story unto itself but uh, that's again that like, this whole pds thing is a, is a it has been a pandemic in the region <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 uh okay so make peace uh, since you did that report uh, uh, on india span can you tell us uh, can you just give us a brief uh, overview of uh, what the situation is like in different states wh- how many red zones orange zones and what are the numbers like right now uh well okay i'll have to also just uh, refer back to the story huh, but you can do that uh, can, can yeah do. i mean at the moment how things stand we uh, i think there's only just one red zone although i don't know why guwahati has is yet been declared but uh, there's only one red zone in the entire northeast uh, which is in tripura dhalai where huh. you've had like uh, now i mean of course an increasing 100 or something cases that have uh, come up in one bsf uh, battalion right so okay. uh, if i'm not wrong it also really started with some two or one of bsf uh, jawan coming back from leave on the 11th of march and he was tested like positive i mean almost like if i'm not wrong months or something later you know so i mean there's also like uh, i mean again of course one can go to different tangents of like you know uh, i mean again this is also pointed which you know as a reporter you think about oh my god like you know like the fact that uh, he was asymptomatic for that yeah. long the way that the virus kind of you know operates or like you know sort of uh, takes its toll on different bodies is only something which is so like bizarre and amazing i guess <laughs> there really isn't one size that fits all right true um yeah and then uh, on the other end you're like you know okay yeah i mean the, was he screened 
the screen, screening is clearly not sufficient. Yeah. So, you know, things like that. So we, because like in, in, in at least in Tripura, that, that has become like the one red zone. Mm-hmm. Um, with, all our, well, with all the other states, I think Assam again, because of some people who've uh, returned uh, most recently from Rajasthan, there have been mm-hmm. a surge in cases. So I, what I could say, like, I mean, now the story, uh, the, the uh, story I did for India Spend is about a week old. So I don't want to like refer too much to that uh, data and things. Right. Because mm-hmm. COVID, uh, you know, de- developments are very rapid. But mm-hmm. what I could just say, though, is that... Uh, since this, since the story was carried, hmm. uh, one is that like there is, uh, I mean, again, one of my my story is definitely one of the few which sort of talked about uh, the spread of community. I mean, the sphere of community spread. You know, uh-huh. so just yeah. I think uh, before the a few days before the pub, uh, story was published, there were four cases, uh, you know, which were uh, which were detected from this uh, otherwise uh, green uh, zone. Uh, you know, in huh. Bongaibao in Assam. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, suddenly four cases erupted and they came out of like uh, 40 samples of hmm. ILI patients who were randomly tested. Okay. You know? hmm. So that's, I mean, that's that, that, that's something that the government, uh, you know, has the state government has been doing since like the 15th of April. But they're still doing it randomly because like, you know, they can't afford to as, as yet, uh, you know, test every ILI patient hmm. and all that. And like I said, there's a lot of like, you know, uh, confusion or for that matter, lack of clarity around this testing protocol or strategy if there is even a strategy at place you know right. uh, but uh, and, yeah I mean the, the big, that community spread thing I mean I'm glad at least that I, I, I could sort of bring that to light and start that mm. conversation and now like because in the intervening week we've had these you know upsurge in cases in Guwahati mm. and now like there is this uh, I think it certainly has affected I mean people's psyche a lot more clearly that you know there is a very clear uh, present threat of community spread that there, there are like uh, cases which have not been able to be traced like GMCH is like uh, you know uh, been shut down and GMCH yeah. is like a very important lifeline right not just yeah. for Assam but also for for the region there you know is, yeah, yeah, yeah. quite an extent I mean although other states have their dedicated COVID care centers I mean they have their COVID treatment hospitals as well but mm. you know for um, serious cases they were coming to GMCH and stuff you know that was being like you know relied upon as a referral place hmm. so uh, yeah that's like that kind of really uh, I think uh, sent uh, you know at least uh, Guatians into a kind of a dizzy and panicky abhi kaha jaye types you know because right right but uh, surprisingly even the I mean the government at the center also still maintains that uh, there is no community transmission which is uh, quite surprising. Yeah, I, I, I could thankfully get like officials like, I mean, the thing that, uh, you know, because again, I'm going back to a lot of a lot, a lot about, uh, you know, press freedom here, because uh, mm. honestly, while also doing the story, I was extremely like, A, uh, careful and B, fearful, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. My last story was on just like, you know, everyone being like sort of, you know, detained or booked or something. Yes. So I was like, I was lucky enough to get like every, every quote, every comment on record. Like there was not a single comment that was off the record or mm-hmm. like anonymously quoted, you know. Yes. And I, I like, I could like actually not, ex- I would say established, but at least like, you know, legitimately talk about community spread because I had an official, you know, joint director of health, uh, you know, say that, you know, it, it that the, the cases were indicative of community spread because there was no common, uh, you know, so no common point, uh, not like they came from Tabriki Jamaat because for like, till uh, easily till April, for most of April actually, hmm. 
uh, the entire region was just sitting and blaming Tablighi Jamaat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All for all cases and for bringing the virus here and things like that. You right. know. So yeah, now I I fear though that might will that might happen uh, with the people who are being uh, who are being expatriated in a in a way uh, by the government, like all the migrants and everything who've been stranded in different cities and stuff, and they've all started coming back. Hmm. And I know that uh, I mean, while of course there is now different states have different uh, sort of approaches to how they're going to screen them. It's it's again there is no kind of uh, uniformity to it. Assam uh, will be only testing the symptomatic ones. Mm. Uh, Manipur is t- testing everyone without fail, uh, which perhaps is a good idea because huh. they're really trying to keep things, uh, you know, sort of uh, they're trying to maintain their zero COVID uh, status. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, to the best extent that I know, um, yeah, Mizoram, which, which I thought was bizarre, uh, the, the the director of uh, the NHM director told me they would be conducting like, like rapid antibody tests on the uh, people who will be returning. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, I'm still like I a little bit like yeah. I mean unsure of it because I plus I also try to be more unsure of things because I feel like I'm not I don't come from a science background and I'm not a science reporter so to speak. Yeah. But uh, again. To the best that I know, and from the, you know, uh, whatever strategies etc. that have been put out by, uh, you know, uh, by the ICMR and all of that, I don't know what is that going to lead to. So, uh, as far as I know, even I don't know. I mean, I don't understand that much. But then, uh, what I read, what I was reading about these antibody tests is that it's still even after conducting the test. First of all, it's very complicated, and secondly, that uh, you know, there's no um, hard and fast result that comes out. Yeah, yeah. So it's always a very dodgy situation. Correct, correct, correct. You know, in fact, in fact, uh, Hmm. I don't know how much these tests uh, are effective. Mm -hmm. But the thirteenth COVID patient that was uh, detected here in Meghalaya Mm -hmm. was after a month. (laughs) You know, Uh, she was tested negative after the uh, earlier positive patient passed away on the fourteenth. So yeah. she was tested negative. And wow. then just recently on Saturday, that is on the 9th of May, she was tested positive. So yeah. I don't know how these tests function. <laughs> yeah. Lots of questions. Truly. And also, there, I mean, we have had so many reports. Now I think the government stopped uh, using those tests, but the tests that we got from China, uh, there uh-huh. were multiple reports of them being faulty. Mm-hmm. You mean using apart from the two Chinese companies which were already retracted? Uh, yeah, I'm talking about those only. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so my next question is, uh, I mean, I think you guys have already addressed that. Make me see you've already addressed that partly in your answers. But uh, how transparent are the governments uh, there? You know, when it comes to releasing numbers and keeping the public informed, you know, because uh, the, you you must have heard in Delhi and in West Bengal. Uh, the state governments have been accused of fudging up num- numbers. So, <laughs> you know, I would yeah. call it, you know, uh, we usually have our daily briefings at 5 or 5.30 or 6. Okay. And this is via so usually, social media? Yes, via social media. <laughs> and, you know, uh, before um, uh, the, suppose if they have some uh, cured uh, patient or uh, death patient, hmm or uh, any patient which tested positive that mm. we get it on Twitter or Facebook so we call them the Twitter boys <laughs> all right now <laughs> I mean 
a government do you have to give us officially in writing that right. these these are the people who have been tested positive and the, their conditions now the medical we have never had a press conference with any medical experts who will explain to us how they are being treated and those numbers usually come only from the cmo office or either from the press briefing because yeah. we also have our own limitations you know we cannot send our reporters out without any protective gear we cannot True. do that so we have to depend on the government and uh, there has been no official writing coming from the health department detailing us on how they are being treated so all we know is from social media so that's why all those comments come you know <laughs> i just want to like add a really hilarious like uh, you know anecdote yeah please <laughs> compiling the, these numbers uh, that you see in the article hmm. like i said apart from the fact it was a it was such a uh, you know harrowing task because you know i looked at all of the uh, online portals that the government have uh, to date and uh, the time of the writing that piece or publishing it rather i think the only the only state which had like uh, the most comprehensive data portal was nagaland surprisingly hmm. right i mean now the we're just we're just even i mean we're not even going into like key whether these numbers can be reliable or not we're, i mean i'm not even getting to that part of the question as yet but just even in terms of divulging information right huh. yeah. i mean one that was one source so like you know where wherever i could get some limited thing asking for like you know the briefing of the day briefing of the day typically just have like uh, how many people they've quarantined how many quarantine centers they've got you know uh, like and and you know number of uh, samples tested and stuff but they didn't have enough like like since my story was a lot of on the uh, was on the health infrastructure there wasn't like you know information on how many ppe suits they've procured or, hmm. you know in 95 and other sort of you know requisite material or something like that actually they should also be putting out just how many like what what is the strength uh, of the manpower as well like how, how many doctors do mm -hmm. that exactly yeah, yeah exactly how many lab technicians all of those things should be put out you know for, for the real picture of what the situation is like you know what is the what do the public have to like you know uh, have in their state to rely on so i remember like with is particularly with meghala i had such a huge difficulty accessing numbers i had tried like um, you know the the i think the health director and he passed me on to like some pr role like or some designated spokesperson yes. who was Mm -hmm. responsive i don't know if uh, rickinty's experience yes 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 it's right you know, i know who we know who you talk we're talking about here unresponsive <laughs> <laughs> like i tried like i mean and i i think i spoke to him once and he's like you know you drop your questions on whatsapp did that as well no response nothing you know i mean there's just no point even trying like cmo so there, i would even like uh, you know actually go and look at a lot of conrad uh, sangma's tweet let him yes. one particular tweet i think he was tweeting like photos of like some sort of a big screen they had in their control uh -huh. room uh ha yes yes it's a control room yeah uh -huh. with all of the like some figures and stuff i literally was zooming into that screen to see like <laughs> and they've got like these many whatever icu beds and stuff i'm like that's the kind of stuff that you i mean i'm like and to kind of you know safeguard myself i can say that listen this is what the i i saved that photo so i can show that this is what the pmo tweeted you know uh -huh. and i also had my partner questioning me and rightly so that you know can we reliably say that this is like this is a reliable number because it's not coming in a press release right yes yeah. yes it's not yeah. coming yeah true so it's uh -huh. such a 
conundrum uh, at these moments because you're like, you know, well, the press briefing does not contain those details. Your spokesperson or your uh, health director is not responding. You mm -hmm. know, Nora, you're, uh, Nora, you're like people in the cabinet or the CMO himself or something like that. So I have to rely on like a zoomed in, you know, data or something that just happened to slip up or something. I'm sure he is aware that, you know, these things would be like uh, scrutinized and stuff. But mm -hmm. that, that's the kind of, uh, kind of hustling almost, you could say, one has had to do with even yeah. just cleaning what data is there. Reliability, mm -hmm. it's a different thing now. That's something that really... Uh, that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because we all, I also had that experience with the story where different officials were saying different things. So there is no... Even you have officials who are not on the same page, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would so, be question, yeah. Yeah, to add to that, make peace, if you remember, uh, the CMO treat, uh, tweeted that the 11th COVID patient was tested positive for the sixth time or, or for the fifth time. Yeah, so yeah. A lot of people, you know, that creates a lot of confusion. People started, uh, you know, spreading rumors that now we have 11 COVID patients. So what do we do? Oh, yeah. oh my that? God. Oh, so, so, so that's the thing, you know, in social yeah. media, you can't just do that. Yeah, I mean, and... and it's not surprising uh, actually because the center of this government at the center itself uh, if you guys remember i think a month ago or maybe a little more than that the prime minister himself had a meeting with all these top tv news anchors uh -huh. uh, and uh, he the main thing uh, that came out of the meeting was how he told them to focus on positive news uh-huh and which is so surprising because at a, in the middle of a pa pandemic, we don't need positive or negative. We don't care about that. We just need transparency. We need to know exactly what's going on, right? Yes. I mean, uh, yeah, so that is, well. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's sort of like, you know, that's really like become, I mean, we also, I, that was also, that was a whole, I guess, uh, angst, I guess, on my part also, which, you know, at least if nothing else, uh, drove me to do the story, because there was this thing like, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm seeing like these stories of strength. And I mean, I'm like, it's good, like do the positive story, but I'm like, you know, we have an absence of just stories, which are like, actually giving information, right? Mm -hmm. so, like uh, yeah I, I honestly got a bit I honestly just sort of like uh, yeah had it up to here with all this uh, positive stories and not to mention the many of them at least I mean I, I don't know enough about I guess in the mainland perhaps things are things are so like obviously uh, you know kind of outwardly so grim with all the migrant crisis but here at least because of the lack of information uh, really uh, you know people were just like oh yeah the northeast is COVID free yeah you know, this, that, and they're so disciplined and they're so like, you know, nice and like, you know, I mean, I was just like, yeah, like, this is like, really not. Like, I think, I remember speaking, in fact, to this uh, woman uh, hmm. in Garo Hills, right, in Ipura. Hmm. So, she was, uh, she, I think, you're know, you, you also aware of it, it was uh, shared in the group. She was uh, stitching up like PPE suits, yes. right? So oh, yeah. I saw yeah, so, you know, something like this. Now, this this is something I, I felt was like a very classic example as far as like, how do you report the story that a woman uh, has set up this whole tailoring unit and there she's stitching PPE suits. You can call it a good initiative and you can say that, you know, I mean, and it is. I mean, she's taking that effort and she's, she's, she's you know, procuring the material and all that. I spoke to her quite a bit uh, in detail about what is the material she's using, where is she procuring it from, all of that, you know. 
uh, Tripura has had just one testing center. I mean, they're not even like necessarily moving to have more than one. But that has like some amazing capacity. They've been like testing up to nine days. I mean, they claim to uh, have a uh, testing you know capacity of up to nine hundred samples a day. Wow. You know? And it's also true that they. I, if I'm not wrong, I read. Uh, uh, one of the reports or something which said that it was like the fifth like you know in terms of testing it was the it was ranking fifth in the entire country they've certainly been their testing uh you know uh, the, their testing rate has certainly been much mm-hmm. higher many in fact uh, you know states in the mainland which are which are grappling with far more uh, positive cases so they're definitely testing like you know like quite crazily so it's it's a bit like i think this conversation is also like I mean it's very easy for us to say like again you know a lot of this is, is so entrenched in again to me I think in science and things like that so it's easy to say that uh-huh, there should be more testing centers but at the same time ki you can't have even if Arunachal were to get like 10, 10 testing centers for example yeah. would that be sufficient if, if, if like each testing center could only process like 50 a day you know yeah yeah Right. True. So, so make this uh, quickly. I mean, going back to what you said about the backlog uh, in uh, test results, right? Why is that happening? Is that because of shortage of uh, personnel or shortage of labs? Uh, what's happening? No. To, to to the best of my knowledge, I I at least think I don't have anything confirmed right now, so I don't want to like uh, you know put anything out uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, having uh, cross-checked and confirmed stuff. But uh, to the best of my knowledge, there is a there is a lag. But there is something more to the story, which I like. I, I would say it's still right now. Uh, it's still right now being uh, you know found out, or it's still right now being uh, you know more details are need to be whatever. Yeah, obtained okay. for them. I, I wouldn't want to like I don't want to say as yet like but what the easier let's say the easier guess right now short certainly is that there is a I mean uh, you know with the number of samples coming in so one is also you can see that okay, yeah, yes it's true that uh, like people uh, governments need to test more all of that but you also to need the infrastructure again infrastructure goes back exactly. to your mm-hmm. your equipment and your uh, human resources as well so there is that lag as well as far as human resources lab technicians and everything you know uh, to handle that kind of capacity so that i think if i'm not wrong uh, someone had done the story uh, I, i'm sorry i i'm right now very very like <laughs> you know my, my my brain is like kind of a little bit muddled with a concept <laughs> that's okay that's okay covid story paratha we from was it from delhi or was it from guwahati or something it was a bit like everywhere but uh, that, that has been off cited by if i'm not wrong uh, entirely like nationally as well it's been said uh, sort of reported from different states that you know they don't have the they simply don't have that kind of uh, uh, human resource bandwidth to deal with that that many yeah, yeah yeah so true and Ri, I wanted to ask you um, you know since you run a newspaper and we've seen how print media has taken such a huge hit in terms of ads and circulation because of the pandemic. Uh, yes. How has your newspaper been affected and one what are one uh, what are some of the major problems that have emerged? Mm. Uh, printing wise so we are okay we somehow we do manage and but when it comes to sending reporters outside you know we don't have that we have limitations you know like i earlier said we don't have uh, enough protective gears to give them to cover so what we're doing now is we're managing three we go in the daytime and three more 
in the afternoon and we have three in the evening and the rest of us we work from home so that in terms of that we do manage okay. i mean from home and what what about ads have you seen a drop in ads especially from the government no from the government we do have ads uh, but uh, you know these classified ads that we don't get them you know like okay. we usually do. right 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 okay um now coming to uh, you know make peace you also did a report on it uh, now this question goes uh, goes to both of you you know we have seen so many instances uh, ever since this lockdown happened of you know the government trying to gag the media uh so many journalists have been booked they've been arrested threatened assaulted you know all kinds of things i mean, I mean uh, the our reporter ayush he did uh, he made a list of all these uh, instances and you know according to that report in uttar pradesh alone eight journalists were booked and uh, make peace you did a similar report right from uh, manipur yeah yeah there were no journalists booked uh, in uh, the report that i did in uh, you know i mean the month of what april mostly so but yeah there were like basically a lot of activists. like your citizens some activists as well but yeah generally uh, what has i mean the the gagging of or the attempted gagging gagging i would say of media has been sort of uh, yeah going on in like you know the under the bjp government in in manipur so i mean again i was also sort of i also brought that back into yeah sort of, uh, yeah but as i said like you know while 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 i was also doing the story i was also extremely um sort of careful as well as fear yeah. of you know what goes and nothing i mean it's not even about like it's not a fear of like just even getting booked or arrested i think uh, that that really should not loom uh, large on any reporter while doing a story is just for the sake of like getting you know the accuracy, accuracy uh, correct you know getting yeah. the right and all of that right but uh, yeah i mean it's it's uh, that's the the question i mean rather the concern atop on everyone's mind is also that you know yeah i mean so what happened was uh, there was a press conference in which uh, my story was raised as a question uh, about you know whatever the number of like you know whether like assam i mean since i had also uh, you know highlighted that uh, what has been like the kind of you know situation with testing in assam someone had brought this uh, you know to the fore uh, in the press conference with uh, the health minister and the health minister sort of summarily dismissed the report calling it a survey for i don't know what reasons but uh, you know so summarily dismissed it saying that oh you know i don't know about these people and what are their motives and things like that and i mean you know i have obviously like i had reached out to him sent him questions you know tried calling him like you know i've i've called his deputies as well in fact in his department and stuff you know and uh, they were not placed to answer quite a few of these questions i in fact i mean if i had to sort of uh, uh, informally speak uh, you know i didn't even i could have been more nasty and said that you know like you know i reached out to the deputy then they had they were clueless but like mm-hmm. I, i wanted to just kind of stick to the facts of the story without like even for that matter bringing in unnecessary drama or anything like that you know so but that is a response of what i mean what i'm trying to actually really say here is that was a response of the health minister which is not true like there was uh, you know there were queries sent his way there were uh, you know sort of uh, he was reached out to his folk for his comments as were his uh, as were the officials in his department and 
uh, as were the uh, district officials in his department who've also been quoted in the story. So I'm not sure why, what is that, what kind of a response is that supposed to mean when you say you're talking about motives of reporters, you know? I mean, it's not, it's hardly answering the question. It's not, it's completely like dodging it, right? And he, he'd done that before as well. Like I, a report mentioned, uh, I, that I referred to in my uh, story was uh, the one done by Indian Express, uh, the Delhi edition. Yeah. Where they talked about like, you know, there were some of these uh, poor performing states and how like the center had like kind of pulled up uh, some of these states for like, you know, uh, the just the, the, how they were very ill-equipped with their infrastructure, again, the health infrastructure, ICU beds, mm. ICU mm. beds and that kind of stuff. Mm. So uh, someone had raised that question as well in the press, one of the press conferences with the health minister. And, uh, you know, again, uh, like his response was just that, you know, like, I don't know, like, I mean, I think in many, many ways, I think like uh, the health minister's response is very Trumpian, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was going, I was just going to say that. Yeah, I don't like, know. you know how Trump calls everything fake news. Yeah, just like, like that. of doing that, maybe he has yeah. a, he has more finesse than Trump. I mean, imagine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's like it's not, it's not out of it's not entirely out of the ballpark of that kind of response. Right, right. Like, right. I mean, you know, we have been told by the government that we are doing absolutely fine. Like we've got a lot of PPEs used and. This PPS was also become like such a buzzword of like you know like health reporting and mm-hmm. had, had become up. Thankfully, it has moved from that. But at a time, at least in uh, in April or something like that, you know, I mean, also because uh, the fifty thousand PPS which were procured like you know by privately by the state government. I mean, that's that's. I hope you understand the oxymoron in that statement when you're saying that the state government is privately purchased. Yeah. You know, PPS. Yeah thousand of them from like you know some Chinese companies and all of that which then later seem to be like I don't know retracted which is also unclear what else uh, if those people are being used but they're certainly being counted as uh, you know as whatever the capacity of the government. Uh, Ray do you have uh, do you have anything to add to that about uh, you know uh, the media being gagged and uh, reporter—I mean, journalists—being targeted, and even not just journalists, anybody who's trying to question the government. Talking about Meghalaya, we have been very careful. I mean, uh, we have. In what sense? I mean, there has been no, uh, uh, no threats. I mean, okay. currently, there has okay. been no threats, and uh, yeah, we were pro- we are provided with information. So, so yeah. All right. Uh, make peace. Can you quickly tell our listeners about uh, the case of you know how uh, Manipur government is using sedition, which itself is such a problematic law, on just random people for their social media posts? Can you just uh, tell us about uh, Jotin Mete, right? He's a teacher. Yeah. yeah can you yeah. can you quickly tell us what happened? So well, actually, this is such a convoluted story. Uh, but I led with that story because that was also one of the the most recent incident that had happened. Hmm. So there's this uh, 26-year-old school teacher, Hmm. uh, you know, who just basically like put up like a sarcastic post, one of those like, you know, those text color posts on Facebook or something like Hmm. asking in Metelon, like, you know, uh, do, uh, I don't even know the name of the MLA. Do we even have an MLA or something of this? Uh, Okay. I mean, he doesn't say anything more than that. Like, but just like you know, does anyone know the, who is the MLA of this constituency? You know, and mm-hmm. like like I said, that at the backdrop of that the whole thing is the PDS, right? Like this whole distribution of like uh, rice and everything that the uh, government had apparently been taking under uh, on a war footing. So 
in now the funny thing was uh, that the mla of that constituency was a congress elect elected leader okay you know a congress elected leader sort of you know and the next thing you know this guy uh, yeah. along with uh, four others who had basically just simply liked and commented on his post uh-huh. were all booked under sedition and one of i mean one of the people who had liked to comment or engage with his post was also minors so uh, they were basically uh, you know picked up by the police and they were booked under sedition and some other uh, charges uh, other sections as well and i think if Uh, they were kept in custody for maybe like a, a, i think 24 to 48 hours i forget now exactly mm. the situation but they were in custody they were in custody for that much time at a time when there's a pandemic uh, you know going on and i mean uh, you know finally it all it, it, i mean the charges only sort of kind of like they did not uh, hold yeah did not hold mm. uh, at the cgm court you know mm. so but and obviously like the thing is that all of these Uh, all of these uh, sort of FIRs, including uh, uh, Jotuns, they're all been done so mortal, right? Huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's very also clear, like from uh, the many other folks that I've spoken to in this, uh, I had quoted in the story, hmm. that like the do- the police themselves have told them that the orders have come from above. Now, I mean, in, in quite a few cases, it's uh, you know apparently or allegedly by the CM himself. In this particular. Yes, it seems to be from the Congress MLA. On later, this thing you know, I realized that this guy, the the Congress MLA, had like you know sort of rebelled, and uh-huh. uh, he was among a bunch of like I think eight or something uh, MLAs who had all like you know pledged their support to the BJP. You know, does that oh, happen? Oh, like, okay. Like as like recently as January something. Right. But however, and this was again like a whole technicality uh, because uh, you know there. You come in, you know. There was a whole sort of like, uh, you know, uh, a petition that was filed against them for their dismissal. That you know, you uh, whatever, you know, the whole anti-defection law and everything kicking in, and uh, their uh, status basically was pretty much under question. That they were still sitting on a Congress seat. Yet, ah, I see. Were, like, yeah, of course, in letter and in spirit and in all other ways, one can be uh, essentially uh, part of the BJP now. You know. Right. So, so yeah, I mean uh, that was like the whole. I mean there were many turns to this particular I think instance. <laughs> all right. Okay. I think uh, those are all the questions I have. Uh, would you guys like to add anything else? Oh, <laughs> yes. yeah. Yeah. Sigra. Sigra. Yes. Right yes. Now, yeah. Right. Right now, what do we have is uh, tomorrow the uh, the quarantine period of the uh, people inside the. Uh, the family of the uh, first COVID patient ends tomorrow. So right now, okay. what happens is they are preparing to sanitize the premises of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, the sanitation team of the Shillong Municipal Board can mm-hmm. be seen collecting collecting garbage or what do you call them? These uh, biochemical waste oh. with just a pair of glove oh and a mask. Oh my God! Right now, that is happening. So okay, that is a very scary situation. Yes, yes. So, so nobody. I mean, have you guys reported on it, or are you going to? Yes, we're going to report on it. It's it's just been uh, our reporter has come up with this uh, line. I mean, we do have snippets in our Facebook page, so oh. we usually put it there. Okay, <laughs> thank you so much for telling us that. And this was a very enlightening conversation. Thank you so much, both of you.
Thank you. And uh, let us end with some recommendations. All right. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, really, I honestly, I if you ask me, like, at least for COVID-19, like, it's a fast, it's a fast changing scenario. So there really isn't one I mean, recommendation that I can really give. Uh, yeah, you can give multiple and it doesn't always, uh, doesn't have to be about COVID. It could be a movie that you saw, a book you read, anything. Yeah, you know, what my thing has been, what my, like, uh, both news and internet escape at this time has been to just basically uh, uh, track what's happening in North Korea again. Like, you know, oh. really, <laughs> that Kim has resurfaced. Is it really, my, you know? Yeah. I've been going into this whole Kim obsession. Basically. So my recommendation might interest you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please, please tell, please share. So it's basically an interview of this guy, uh, of this author called Emmanuel Kim, uh, who translated Friend, uh, which is the first state-sanctioned uh, North Korean novel to be published in English. Mm -hmm. And surprisingly, the novel is about love, marriage, and divorce. <laughs> so Sigda uh, <laughs> now comes to now comes to the line of what happened last night. Like you have to live with the virus. Exactly, exactly. You have to live with the virus. It's like a bad marriage. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So you know because most of the fiction that comes from North Korea is always written by defectors or dissidents, right? But yeah. uh, mm -hmm. here this is not the case. So in the interview, the translator, this guy called Emmanuel. He talks about, you know, melodrama, propaganda, and what really qualifies as a bestseller in North Korea. And oh. um, it is titled, The First State Approved North Korean Novel in English. And you can read it on lithub.com. I'll send you guys the link. Okay. okay. So come on, uh, tell me your recommendations. My recommendation? Yes. Um, right now, I know we... We've been living with the virus, so we have to track that down every day. As a newspaper, <laughs> we can't afford to miss out the numbers. True, true. And uh, we can't afford to, uh, you know, uh, miss out the zeros. <laughs> like today, you know, I, I really have to count the zeros. <laughs> <laughs> I really have to count the zeros. You know, the zeros are very tricky. That's true, though. I mean, you know, like, yeah, it does... When you're doing any, I mean, also considering that we are we are looking at this test per million, right? Like that's how we yes. are. Yes, yes, so test per million. million. I mean, please, uh, a test per million for me. You know, I have to get my exercise book, and you know, <laughs> and start it off by writing those uh, unit ten hundred thousands. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Like, That's I think uh, yeah. my, my math has really been put to shame. Like, or rather, like, I've only just been reminded of the fact that, you know, how bad I am at it. Uh, <laughs> With math and science. <laughs> yes. Science, so, I just don't even rely on myself. I'm like, okay, I'll be like, I'm quoting people. I have no, I have no analysis. I have no analytical, like, cells or as far as this goes. So I'm like, okay. But math, I'm like, really, good lord. Yeah, it's the same, same same case with me so i was just resent me the telegraph uh, front page today no so yes. i was telling her how i was counting the zeros in the headline uh, because, oh, or the economic package that you announced and then i saw the subheading it says by the time you finish counting the zeros hopefully nirmala will give the details <laughs> yes true yeah. but i mean i yeah i don't i i guess i don't really uh it's it's hard to say i mean, 
I've had like I've been doing a mix of like you know watching some stuff like you know and all of that. Like I said, I've just been on like the North Korean binge, you know. So I'm watching like movies or I've been watching. So tell us, tell us some movies that you've seen. Actually, I could I could recommend. Uh, let me see if I can find it. There, this is one nice documentary that was done by a bunch of French uh, producers, um, and they'd spent like I think uh, there were three of them, and then they cumulatively like uh, had gone back and forth for about eight years and stitched together this documentary. Oh, and I really amazing. liked it. I, I'll send you the link as well. Yeah. I really liked that for the reasons that you know. Uh, yeah as as you said there is that we also have to be very careful of the fact that there's perception around north korea has been built largely by a very hostile western media true, right true. and it used to be with with uh, also with the uh, you know with middle east until you have you've had like a lot of these other channels like al jazeera and everything who come in and like now a lot of that narrative has changed and since then right and in fact the western media your cnns and your WSGs and New York Times have also like now had to keep pace. Not to mention also higher, uh, you know, what do you call? I would say reporters also sure. are, uh, from the region as well and all of that were more abreast with things. So this particular um, documentary, uh, yeah, they they just sort of like you know have. Uh, I mean, again, like because you know they've they've it's completely with the permission of the government. They've all come in as tourists and things like that, and they're just shooting like. You know, like regular life, like their buildings and things like that, and you know, whatever, like everything that is uh, within the ambit of what can be, sh- uh, what can, what is permitted to be, you know, ah, right, right. so nothing like you know, so like incriminating as, yeah, so like kind of hankering for at least when it comes to North Korea, but just the, I think the storytelling and uh, through those images, what they sh- show is just quite a. Uh, I think it gives you quite a good insight into what the place is like, and like I mean, like any other place, it's a it's a parallel reality, you know. I think a lot of there are several parallel realities. We don't have to like you don't have you. I think in many ways it did kind of question for me like what would you consider normal? Like isn't the idea of normal again being set by a certain like global power? So if you don't have a McDonald's in your country, that means something is very off with your country. <laughs> you know yeah. that sort of a notion as yeah. well to be dispelled. So I think, to me, uh, I would kind of recommend that. Uh, you know, at least uh, <laughs> I mean that has been my like. Kind Are you, you? This is the visiting. Uh, this is called visiting North Korea, right? The DW. DW one. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I, mean, I think I saw a bit of it. I haven't completed it. Yeah, DW has a bunch of them. Uh, this one, I think, yeah, the one that I'm referring to is uh, Life in North Korea. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. All right. Thank you, make peace. And Re, you didn't give us your recommendation. <laughs> I, 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 you know, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of you know events happening every day. So uh, <laughs> you don't have I, time. I don't have time. You know, I've been busy coordinating with my reporters from home. I can imagine. I, you do. It's okay. You can re- you can recommend something from like Riverdale as well. Like so what? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Like you know, have to be like so serious and like you know oh no yeah no. yeah Anything. no one's like reading Sartre or something like in the midst of this <laughs> in the midst of this pandemic with reports and all you you know I I recently found this uh, this app you know called okay. Star Star Maker <laughs> okay Star Maker Star- <laughs> I'm having fun with this you know what is Star Maker like what is this app about this app is about singing peace. Oh, oh, that's yeah, so yeah. interesting. It's like karaoke. 
it's like karaoke so you sing your heart out and you work oh wow re next time next time you come on reporters we will have you sing that <laughs> you know i do that <laughs> because i work till late at night i sleep at 2 3 in the wow. morning so so i don't have time to even watch movies also i, I can imagine so uh, we'll we'll tell people to download this app and show us their karaoke <laughs> singing skills <laughs> good refuge though good refuge all right okay then um thank you so much guys so listeners if you liked what you heard please rate our podcast on itunes or whatever platform you're tuned into we also have a bunch of other podcasts like hafta and awful and awesome better the rating more the reach and that means more subscribers and that in turn means better content and also we are very eager to hear your feedback so do write to us at contact@newslaundry.com with reporters without orders in the subject line you can also leave your comments on twitter and instagram and facebook and with that this podcast is adjourned all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.